You are now tuned in to the All Right Talk Show with me, your host, Shane Trainer, where we talk all things business, health, money, mindset, and everything in between. So crank up the volume, sit back and relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, listeners. We are back on the Oric Talk Show, and I have an awesome guest on the show, an avid investor, entrepreneur, author, YouTuber, podcast host, and all-around nice guy, and someone I call a good friend. Without further ado, Aaron Knightley, thank you for coming on the show. It's been a long time coming. How are you doing? Yeah, good, mate, and and thanks for having me on. And um, yeah, it's you know it's interesting to be on the other side of it now after being where you are for so long. So um, yeah, no, appreciate you having me on. Very welcome, mate. Very welcome. Cool. So uh, for anyone that doesn't know you, give me the, you know what it is like, the classic overview of who you are and what you do. Cool. So yeah, my name's Aaron Knightley and obviously Shane, you, you know, you kind of covered off um, sort of the different areas which I'm, which I'm involved in, but I'll give you the short, the short version. So not, nothing special in terms of the background, working class background. Um, always had a spark for entrepreneurship, knew I wanted to do more. Uh, never really could settle in a in a job, or you know, never really knew what I wanted to do. Kind of flittering from one thing to the other. A little bit later in life, managed to meet someone who kind of introduced me into business and into property. Um, that kind of give, gave me the spark to go on a sort of journey to educate myself. Very hands on. Would rather do the educational side of it myself, which which I learned very quickly. And that was mainly through the journey of property where I was involved in um, some development projects, did some HMOs, did some refurb, a bit of project management, raised some finance, did a bit of everything, and um, which ultimately led me into the finan- uh, financial industry, to which I'm still vo- involved in heavily now. Ended up building very good network, ended up writing a couple of books, which are now on Amazon, started a YouTube um, met the right people, have given, been given many opportunities, and here we are today, spinning multiple plates, very tired, and um, just just trying to do the best that I can. Yeah, you've had some crazy progression, I suppose, in in, in the span of ten years. I mean, I know you shared a, a picture a few times of like you and this little desk, and then there was another photo of you on this um, motorbike, um, which I wouldn't recognize you like some, I'm going to be a bit mean here, but some like council house person, chav type. And, you know, and it just goes to show, it doesn't matter what background you're from, you can get to position to where you're in now. Um, you know, um, rubbing shoulders with family offices and high net worths and very influential people, which is crazy. Yeah. Like the work you put in can, can, can get to that. Yeah, so you know, I would that is that's something I've always said, and I, you know, I'm sure I'll say it multiple times as, as my journey continues. Is that you know, it is important to remember and remind people, and hopefully be relatable, that the fact that whether you come from a council estate and you were hanging around with with bad people, which I was, and stuff like that, you know, and someone that is covered in tattoos, is that it doesn't that that shouldn't define where you can go. And you know, I always use this example of. The way that I talk today wasn't how I spoke 10 years ago. It was very different. You wouldn't even recognize me in, in the way that I spoke. And that was because of the people I was around and what I was doing and stuff like that. So you, can, you have to make the change within yourself. And then the opportunities will come from the changes that you make in yourself. So if you want more opportunities, you've got to start with yourself first, get the education um, up to scratch, start 
taking out the negative people, the people that don't have vision, start replacing them and then put in hard work. And then, you know, you combine and compound those, those few things um, over a sustained period of time and, and things happen and, and they do like, you know, yeah, it's taken me, I'd say eight, eight and a half to nine years to, to get where I am now um, at 29 years old. So it's absolutely possible. And uh, th there aren't too many excuses that you can make. It's just a shift that you have to make within yourself. Yeah, absolutely, Spahn. And just a fun fact there for listeners, Aaron and I share the same birthday and we're in the same age, aren't we? <laughs> oh, yeah, we do, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a fun <laughs> yeah. fact that I end up forgetting. But, yeah, no, absolutely Spahn there. And so what would you say it's, it's, it's like now then? Because um, you said you, you speak differently. So obviously you work with your very high net worths, family offices, and you speak. Uh, obviously, I think you have to speak a certain way to speak to speak with these people, um, not in a pretentious way, but in a way that it's ensues them confidence that you know what you're talking about. So talk us when you first started to speak with your, your first high net worth or your first family office, what was that like for you? I think when you start talking differently is when you can see a difference in, you know, if you were to hang around with people who speak in the wrong way, and then all of a sudden you're thrown into a room with, you know, people who are speaking very well, who are talking about business, who are talking about making good decisions and talking like that, they, they talk in a different way. So obviously, you know, your ears perk up and then you hear that. And to be able to have a conversation with these people that you want to surround yourself with and, and that they can add value to you and that they will actually give you a chance, you have to adopt the way, you know, the, the way that they kind of speak. And there's there's two sides to this. Some people will say this, I'm not changing for anyone. I'm going to talk. I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to talk the way that I am. And I think, well, more for you, because if you're one of these people, like, I don't care, you know, I'm still going to talk in this way and slang and stuff like that. You're missing out on huge opportunities just for the simple fact that while you're in that room for an hour, all you have to do is put on a different hat. You don't have to be a different person. You just have to match the caliber to who you're trying to work with. You know, let's put it this way. If you want to do business with, um, your average person on the street um, who would invest in you and they have £50,000, that's great. You can probably say the words mate. You can talk a little bit more casual. But if you want to work with, you know, like we were saying, if you want to work with Alan Sugar, someone who would give you the best opportunities in the world and probably make you a millionaire within a year just off of his business alone, you'd have to talk different. He's not going to entertain someone who's talking in slang. So if you're that person that goes, no, 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 I'm, I'm not bothered. I want to carry on dealing with the 50,000 people. Fine. You don't have to really change. But if you want to go bigger and better, you do have to put on a different hat. And I want to go bigger and better. And I'm willing to let go of my own ego, my own, uh, you know, criticism against this whole, you know, be who you are. I'm, I'm fine to push that aside um, and let imposter syndrome go because I want to do more. I want to work with better people. Therefore, I have to put on a different hat for an hour, two hours at a time. Yeah, yeah, and I've definitely I can resonate with that for sure because I think when we've had uh, calls before um, where I've had to speak with family offices uh, and high net worths, and I think definitely you do have to speak in a certain manner, and it it definitely I feel like it definitely pays off. So to where to where I am now, and you're right, you do pick up this different language, if you will. But I I think personally for me it it sounds better anyway. Like I, I kind of, I kind of enjoy that. You, you sound more sophisticated. You, I feel, I actually feel smarter and that sort of thing. And yeah, I, I guess it's, yeah. If you want to, you want to be that person who you're looking up to 
to that caliber of let's say wealth then why not change and why not yeah i think it is like drop the ego isn't it and a lot of people struggle to do that like i am who i am i think that's that's a load of nonsense like you can change who you are you know yeah you can and the likability factor not having an ego not thinking you know it all not um not trying to bullshit someone who's already been there someone who's just started if you've just started in an industry and you've only been in it six months a year 12 you know whatever it is uh even a few years but you're trying to talk to someone who's been in it for 20 30 years they will they will see beyond the bullshit that you try and feed them so it's best just to be open and transparent and just be like i'm new but i'm listening and i'm learning and I have my opinions, I have my own knowledge, which I've gained so far. However, I'm fully aware that I'm still learning and and I just like to I just like to take value from everyone that's in the room that can offer to me. And 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 you know, and if I can offer a service in return, I will. But no ego, no chip on the shoulder. And you, you'll soon find that people will take you under their wing and people will see their younger, younger selves in you. Yeah. And that's at the point where they'll help you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely love that. And just going from that then, um, where where do you find high net worths and family offices? I know you've actually written a book on this, haven't you? Yeah, yeah I'm going to, yeah, let's promote the but Let's book. plug it, go on. You know, you know the, the book's <laughs> on Amazon, how and where to find high net worth investors, you know. So there's 19 unique ways, okay? Um, and there's a couple of videos on my YouTube channel. But, you know, I think the turning point for me was, because of the business that I went into, I wasn't just raising investment and I wasn't just trying to work with set people like within property, you know, that wasn't my main focus. You know, I wanted to be involved in blue chip companies, you know, IPOs and equity funds and um, acquisitions and, uh, and stuff like that. And really uh, positioning myself in a, in, in a way where I could work in all different industries. Therefore my earning power was so much higher. And what I will say is when you get it right, when you're, when your network, and I always say this, I'll probably do a video on it at some point, is it's so important to have your buyers before you ever have a product. Um, because then you know exactly what you're looking for. You know exactly what you need to do. In, rather than trying to do guesswork, if you have your network and you have your wealthy investors and you have this really powerful team behind you, you know exactly what you need to do in order to earn the money. So what I will say is, there are great ways to make money out there, uh, different businesses to start. However, if you have a phone book, and in my case, uh, is easily over a billion pounds worth of um, wealth, my earning power is huge. Like, you know, so, and that can be quicker than property, that can be quicker than starting a business, because I only have to find the right product to the right individual, and my earning power can be a huge percentage of that that uh, capital transaction. So having a really powerful and wealthy network is so important to open up new doors. And I, I realized that I was going to the wrong, I was in the wrong rooms, you know, there's no point I use this breakdown, just so it's very simple is that there's no point being in a room of 50 people that have 10,000 pounds, all to invest, okay, because you're only going to be able to take a percentage of that total that total net worth. Yeah. I would rather go into a room of only 10 people, but they've all got a million of, of capital to spend. Because now I'm in a different caliber, I'm in a different room, 
Um, and now my earning power is so much more because now there's there's 10 million of capital sitting on the table that I could tap into. Um, so yeah, it's I, I just realized that I needed to be in the right rooms and I just thought outside the box and I was like, right, where are wealthy people? And then obviously I break that down into a book and we've got a few videos on it. Yeah, spot on. <clears throat> and that's why you touched on it there briefly. I think it's 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 important to to find the people first and then go and find the deals because if you find let's say I'm just going to refer to property here. So if you found a property deal and you'd agreed with a vendor or an estate agent and you go, yeah, yeah, I've got the buyers, I've got I've got the buyers or I've got I've got the capital, but you actually haven't. So you've found the deal and then apparently as as some of these gurus say, the money will follow, the money will just come to you out of thin air. Okay, now I've got to find the money and then it takes you up two weeks, three weeks. And then you've lost the deal. So that's why I think. reputation. And reputation. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. Once you've built up um, your, your, your people and your network, then you can just you know, go out and find the deals all day. And then the money will probably follow because you've got this black book of, of investors and people and that will give you the money. And this brings us back to the way that you, you talk and the ha different hats you put on. If you want these opportunities and let's just base it on property, let's just say you're a deal sourcer and you're trying to find deals. Mm. Do you think someone with a million quid is going to trust someone who's talking in slang and who's saying, yeah, all right, mate, no worries. Leave it with me. Yeah, no worries. I'll get back. I'll get back to you, bruv, and all this lot and stuff like that. Not in a million years. They're going to want sophisticated. They're going to want educated. It doesn't mean you yeah. have to be pompous and silver spoon. Because look, I'm far from Silver Spoon, but I know how to talk properly. I know how to deal with these individuals now. And believe me, there is such a difference in talking to someone. Although granted, there are a few, they are far and few between in terms of how you can talk to someone who has three, 400 million um, a year business. There are a few that you can still call mate and, you know, say, how are you doing? Or, you know, do you want a coffee and a sandwich and blah, and catch up? But generally... Most people, when you go from someone who has a business that is turning over three, four million, you can still be on a very much casual level. But as soon as you step into someone who's earning 50 million and above, you have to change because nine times out of 10, that individual is very sharp. They want quick answers. They don't have time to faff. They don't have time for erms, buts, and um, yeah, okay, I leave it. Well, I thought that was the right thing. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to send you that. They don't have time for that. And you get one chance. Whereas if you nail it on the head and you step into the category of working with someone who has 50 million above and you nail it on the head, uh, you could earn a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Give us one tip then um, where to find these people. I mean, I, I will say like, I've, I've read your book and it was fantastic. Some, some things you wouldn't even think of to do. And um, so it's very creative, but give us one little, one little snippet from the book. Okay, so let, let's just, let's go location. So I would definitely say London, okay? Because yeah. London, definitely say, if you're going to go somewhere to try and find wealthy people, you start with the location, that would be London, okay? There are other methods finding people closer, but you head into London and you head to some of the, the more wealthier areas, you know, um, Chelsea, Kensington, Mayfair, places like that. And then you just, you you, you kind of bring it back to the basis, basics of business, okay? So we've got to think of it like this even if you're in property or whatever business you're in 
if you're looking for a wealthy person, it starts, the tree starts that the wealthy person, unless they inherited it, they have a business. Okay. So the, the wealthy person is going to be a business owner nine times out of 10. So the event really is going to, uh, you're going to want to be at an exhibition to do with business or a business networking event. And then you're just going to want to make sure that you filter through to make sure that you get really high caliber people at this business event. Now, most business in uh, business owners are smart with their money. So if you are interested in property, nine times out of 10, if you went on company's house, they'd have a they'd have an arm off their company, which might be a property buying company and stuff like this. So starts with London, nine times out of 10, you want to look for uh, an exhibition, uh, a business networking, a business breakfast, um, a seminar to do with business. And it's positioning yourself in that room and just doing a bit of research on who's going there to then work out who's going to be the wealthy. And, and basically the, the back end burner of this is that you then just want to do a bit of research from company's house to find out who those individuals are that are going to be attending um, the business event. And just to finish on that, nine times out of 10, if you do go to a business event and you signed up on the email, you, you can either ask the events manager early on who's going to be there so you can do your behind sort of you know closed doors research or you'll get given a list of who will actually be at that event and then it's for you to just do a bit of research on those individuals and who's the wealthiest essentially mm. and then go and target those people if you, you know find them on linkedin then to see what they look like go and find them when you get there yeah that's it exactly that's, that's top stuff that is yeah that's brilliant um yeah so cheers for that so Obviously, you know a lot of successful people. Um, on your YouTube channel alone, there's been plenty of successful guests, really high-caliber guests. Um, what have been some of your best key takeaways you've learned from them? Yeah, key takeaways, there's always a couple of reoccurring themes with all of them. And that is, it's very, I wouldn't, uh, it's a cross between fake it till you make it. And I think we need to take that in the sense of, you just need to position yourself now, let go of imposter syndrome, do it in the right way, but position yourself right now as the expert that you want to be in a year, two, three, four years. You need to start as you mean to go on. So there's no point, um, and this doesn't mean have the ego, the chip on the shoulder, uh, th that kind of arrogance. It's about positioning yourself as the expert in the industry that you want to still be in in the next two, three years. So there's that kind of let go of imposter syndrome. Start as the professional as you mean to go on. So all of them have said that from the beginning. Um, the other thing is, is just do it. You know, just start. If, if it doesn't work, know when to quit, tick it off, move on to the next thing. But don't dwell on things too much. That is something that comes up all the time is, is don't dwell on things. Um, literally just start it because if you don't, and this is something that keeps me going, I would not want to live with regret. Something I always remind myself is that even when I'm getting a little bit overwhelmed, stressed, held back, whatever it might be, I'm having a day off. I always think it's fine to have that in the moment, but I can't linger on it too much because I don't want to lose out and not see myself where I could be in six months. So that something is, is imagine if you carry on with the hard work where you could be in six months, like keep, that's quite a nice time frame. So all of them have said, just do it and imagine where you could be. Another thing that comes up is limit how much 
you are a consumer against creator. So all of them have said, anyone I've spoken to, there's a brilliant video coming out on Monday with Paul um, Getter, who's yes. really, really successful, worked with Grant Cardone, Ty Lopez, Gary V, um, Les Brown, literally mo- loads of people. And a theme with him and with many others is never stop adding value. So even if you're thinking, why am I on these platforms? Why am I doing, I'm not being paid, you know, I'm doing all this effort, you know, like we spoke about a long time ago, about putting carousels and Instagram, like what are you getting out of? Yeah. Just post as much as you can and create value, but be more of a creator than a consumer. That's the most important thing that they've all said is, is don't get sucked into watching other people's journeys. And then oh, two months has passed. I've done bugger all, but I've watched someone else grow for the last two months. Mm. If you're opening up an app on social media, and this is a theme that many say of successful people, if you're going to open up that app, make sure you're opening the app to create, to add value, not consume. Yes. Um, and, and I'd say the final thing really, which all of them have said uh, regardless of their age is don't go into anything thinking that it will be that 12 month success period. It could be, it could be great, but go into it with at least a two, three, four, five year plan and yeah. just accept that that is what it is. If you do very well in the first 12 months, brilliant, but look at it as that three, four, five year plan in, in all that you do. Yeah. That, that last one's actually a really good takeaway because I think because a year feels like once you've been in something for a year, it kind of does feel for a long time. feels like you've been in it for a while, even though a year can go by really quickly. And yeah, I think it's a year in the grand scheme of things is, is barely any time in your life. So I think that's something that even myself, I need to, you know, keep in mind that after a year of something, I'm only just breaking the ice on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing that I would, and this is coming from me personally, but I know a lot of others um, would, would back me up on this is that you need, we need to let go of timeframes. Essentially we are in a world where everything's so instant. You can download an app, you can invest, you can, you can do everything literally at the click of a button or an open of an app. So we're in a, we're in a mindset. Whereas if it doesn't happen now we're failing. And again, it comes back to you consuming more than you're creating. If you're watching other people who are in their mid-20s and they are traveling all the time, you, you have fallen into the trap. Like you are hook, line and sinkered, whereas you have to realize that the statistics of anyone who's a billionaire, there's like, you know, they are all in their late 40s to late 60s, okay, at the moment in the world. Anyone who's a multi, 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 multi millionaire, again they're they're late 30s late 40s if not into their 50s so you know the the actual percentage is very small but it if we open up instagram for example it looks like it's all 20 year olds it's not you know i could hire a lamborghini in london quite easily i could do this i could do this and i could put it all into a nice bit of content whereas someone would view that and think oh my god you know um so it's it's how we perceive things. So we need to take that with a pinch of salt and let go of time frames and just accept that if you're going to start a business plan, just aim between that. You know, yes, you could go for 12 months, but I would say realistically, go for two years to five year plans on everything that you do because that's realistic. Two to five years yeah. is always a good time frame. 
Yeah, absolutely spot. And that's, that's such great advice. No, I really like that. And and just going from that, going to like into socials. So you you obviously grown a good online presence and before you you had one going on. And I know um your Instagram got hacked as well. And that's one of the most annoying things that I'm guess has, has ever happened to. And it's just it was just so shit how you can have grow all this content and then get it taken away from you in a heartbeat. Just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, first account, and this is a really important point. I'm glad you asked it is my first account was nightly investments. I would say if I still had it now, I'd probably be at 13, 14 K in all honesty right now. Um, I was up, you know, pretty much matching yeah. some of the people that are sitting 13, 14 K, no doubt. Um, but it was one of the best things that happened to me because what did I realize? Um, Instagram's aftercare service is shocking. It's unlikely you'll ever get your account back if you do lose it and it's taken down. It's really unlikely. So I never I never spend a penny on Instagram now. I do have um, a backup account, you know, which is my podcast one. If, uh, you know, if I could give any recommendation, you can't solely rely on one platform. This is why, you know, just like investments, you need to diversify. And I'm so glad it happened because one, it gave me clarity in my life. Two, it allowed me to monetize on YouTube, which will be a bigger payout than any platform. Um, Instagram did not give me back my return on investment for the time and money I'd spent on it. Um, and it can be taken away in a heartbeat. And, you know, if you have a client base that is all on Instagram and you're not protected in some way or another, or you don't have a newsletter capturing all of your followers that you could announce that you've just lost your Instagram, please come over to my new backup account. Um, it's going to put you in a very tricky position. So it's it's important you don't apply yourself to one platform. I'm spending a lot more time on TikTok. I have a friend who spent just over a month on TikTok and is earning really good money. Over a month, just over a month, they're getting thousands and thousands and thousands of view, views. Yeah. Um, you know, so we have to diversify across the platforms but at the same time you need then structure in your life because if you are diversifying and you're taking on three four platforms one you'll find it will become very overwhelming so you have to have a good routine and a balance to when you post and schedule um but ultimately i'm glad it happened because i was allowed to spend good quality time building up my youtube channel it's very hard to monetize i've done that and now that's my main focus and instagram I'm not overly bothered about if it grows or if it not. It does daily, but slowly. Yeah. It just goes to show that there's um, a great positive came out of a negative there. So, yeah, no, that's brilliant stuff. Cool. So awesome. we're just getting to the um, the last sort of um, couple of minutes of the show, and I just got a few um, random questions for you, but they're quite good, and I'm sure you'll like these. Um, so first one is if you were stuck in a lift with one single person for 12 hours who would it be and why uh, i'd say tom hanks interested because he's he's a, he's a he's a character i've always wanted to meet and he's just one of the if you listen to quotes and talks that he does he is such a such a wise humble down-to-earth man that has done so much and he's just someone i've always wanted to meet and just ask questions about and i'd probably i just want to ask him a lot about saving private ryan and i just he's someone that i would just love to be in a room with so if i'd spend 12 hours with anyone um he's he's probably someone i'd yeah he's the person that i'd choose 
Yeah, that's, yeah. I, I thought it would be someone like, in, I guess, in the business world. But I suppose you could say Tom Hanks is in the business world. Is in the business world of of, of film. But uh, yeah, of yeah he, he's very. I guess he's quite philosophical as well, isn't he? Um, in some of the things that he says, and yeah, I love him as an actor. What's what's your favourite film that he's done? Oh, it have to be Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, yeah. classic oh, yeah. film. That cool. Okay, uh, second question. What's your guilty pleasure TV show? Uh, well, there's a, there's a couple. I, I'm I'm addicted to Friends. I'm addicted yeah. to Friends. But I would actually say, just to surprise the audience, that my guilty pleasure is Beverly Hills Housewives. Yeah, I know that is. That's why I asked you the question. I love it. Yeah, all, all the bickering that goes on on that show. I love it. Can't get enough of it. <laughs> okay, cool. Third question. Would you rather have one million pounds sent to you in the bank right now or be 18 years old again with your knowledge you have now? Well, that's a great question. Uh, it's a tricky one. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, God, that's got me. Um, that's a really good question. Yeah. I think there's a few elements to going back to 18 years old. Like, are the people who I'm around now, are they still there? Blah, blah, blah. Um, I think, do you know what? Uh, yeah, fuck it. Let's go back to 18 years old. <laughs> yeah. 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 18 years old. Because I've got a feeling with the knowledge you would have had at 18 now, the knowledge now to 18-year-old Aaron, I think you would, you'd probably be like double that million anyway now. I've got a feeling. Yeah, I, I, I think. Yeah, I think what I could do with a million now, I'd, I, I, yeah, I'd do pretty well with an, you know, an extra um, amount of cash in the bank, which mm. you could, which you could scale. But I think, given the, you know, the most important thing is time, and if you can be advanced that much quicker in your head, early on, you have time on your on your side. So yeah, I would say if I knew what I knew now and I was 18 years old, yeah, I'd say that I'd, I'd be a 20, 20 year old something millionaire. Yeah, for sure. I think you would, to be fair. Yeah. Okay. No, awesome. Cool. So um, honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure. How can people get in touch with you? Uh, you can't. <laughs> um, right, we'll end the show there then <laughs> yeah uh, just hop on to my Instagram Aaron Knightley official or the Knightley's Roundtable Knightley's Roundtable podcast uh, or you can go on my website www.aaronknightley.co.uk um, but probably Instagram and I'm on LinkedIn as well but just use Instagram as the main um, touch point cool and yeah just a, you've got another book as well so which what's that called uh, so the other book is yeah so that's all about um how i've just self-taught myself everything and generated cash flow and, and ventures from that and that's just called self-education equals success and income and that's on amazon as well awesome yeah guys definitely go and check out those books yeah definitely two really good books there okay um aaron thanks for coming on the show you've been an absolute amazing guest it's about time i got you on because we've known each other for a, a little while now so um yeah thank you so much absolute pleasure mate no worries at all cool that's been the alright talk show we'll see you soon with another guest ciao for now